I hope that you did come with hands full and hearts full, ready to offer to God not only what's in your heart, but also what's in your hands. And we encourage you to go online. And you can follow the links on our website or the QR code to give to God online. Or you can give in the boxes at the door. As we just give back to God and trust him for the provision that he has made in our life and thank him for what he has done for us. So we just want to encourage you to continue to have generous hearts towards our God who is so generous towards us. We also, in a little while, will be celebrating communion together. We celebrate open communion here at Orchard Hill Church, which means that if you are a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are welcome to participate in that communion with us. If you did not get your elements as you came in the door, I just encourage you uh, to sneak out and maybe just uh, grab some so that you will have those elements and be prepared to take communion when it is time for us to receive that together as a church family. Our Bible reading this morning and our study is coming from Psalm 122. We're going to be working our way through that psalm, so I encourage you to keep your Bibles open as we make our way through that psalm and discover what God may have for us to say uh, today. What God may say to us today, not what we have to say to him. Too often we say too many things to him. It is now our turn to listen. <laughs> Just had to correct that. Psalm 122. As I mentioned, our psalm is coming from Psalm 122, and you will see in the heading, at least in my Bible, it says a song of ascent. And this psalm is uh, one of 15 psalms that starts at Psalm 120 to 134 that are what is called the psalms of a, songs of ascent. And these were songs that were sung by God's people on their way to Jerusalem. Three times a year, God's people were called to make their way to Jerusalem for one of the three pilgrimage festivals. And as they made their way to these pilgrimage festivals, God's people naturally had to ascend. You can see from uh, the picture here that they had to ascend up to Jerusalem. You can see that at Jerusalem and where the Mount Zion was, was always uphill. The temple was uphill. And so as God's people moved towards the very house of the Lord, they had to go up. And you can see in the next slide here that as they went to the temple, again, they had to go up the steps. These are the steps on the south side of the temple where still exists today where we were able to sit when we went on our trip to Israel. But again, there's, there's steps here, so you're always ascending into the presence of God. And so these particular psalms that are preserved for us here were the ones that the pilgrims used and sang as they made their way to the house of God, as they made their way to worship him. And Psalm 22 is one of those, and it is attributed to David. So let me read Psalm 122. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is close, closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. There stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. 
For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit that as we read and we dig into these scriptures and that as your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you have to say to us today. Amen. In our Bible passage here, obviously, David has received an invitation. It was an invitation from uh, those around him who said to him, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now the house of the Lord at this time would be the tabernacle. The tabernacle was where the very presence of God was contained in the Ark of the Covenant. Most likely this, just to confuse us, is probably the second tabernacle. Because there is a tabernacle that is set up in Shiloh, but if you remember, David took the Ark of the Covenant and brought it to Jerusalem, where most scholars believe he set up a second tabernacle. For, so for a time being, there were two tabernacles set up there in Israel. And David, is he, this is the place where God's people would go to meet with him because they, God's presence for this period of time was contained in the Holy of Holies. Remember in Leviticus, God designed this worship place. He designed his house so that his people could come and meet with him. And there was the presence of the Lord in the tabernacle. And so David receives this invitation from those around him, from the people of faith, from God's people, to go to the house of the Lord. And as David receives this invitation, as his friends say, hey David, let us go up. Let us go to the house of the Lord. What was David's spirit? One of rejoicing. He said, I rejoiced. I had joy. When they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord, I'm like, yeah. I'm there. And this word, this Hebrew word behind this word rejoice means that you have joy from the very bottom of your feet all the way to the top of your head, that every ounce of your being is consumed with joy, is just captured, every part of you, with the enthusiasm, every part of you is just thrilled and excited. That's the word that is listed here, and that's what's going on with David. It radiated from him from, from the bottom to the top that he got to go to the house of the Lord. He was filled with joy. He rejoiced. There's a sense behind this word. It made me think of the very first time that little Bobby Carroll got to go to Tiger Stadium. I remember that trip. They were going to Tiger Stadium, and I got to step through that concourse. And we stepped through the concourse, and there was the ball field. Right before my eyes, it just opened up with the sun coming down on it, the bright green grass neatly mowed, the big D on the field, and there were the players. I actually got to see the players. It was Mickey Lolich and Willie Horton, and there they were. And we saw the, the guys with the popcorn. You could just smell the popcorn. You could smell the hot dogs, and the vendors are making their way up. And they're shouting at you, cold beer, cold beer, cold beer, get your beer. I'm like, Dad, can I have one? He's like, no, you can't. <laughs> but maybe some popcorn. You can have that. And then with just the whole experience there, it was so much grander than what I had seen previously on my little black and white tea, fuzzy TV. There it was. And every part of my 
being was just thrilled to be there. I was just bouncing around with enthusiasm to be there, to see it. And that's the sense of what we have here. That's what's behind this word, that every part of David's being was consumed and just thrilled with the joy because he got to go to the house of the Lord. Oh. And so, this begs the question then, doesn't it, for us, does this sense of joy consume us? Does this sense of joy overtake us when we are invited to gather with our brothers and sisters and go and meet God together for worship and praise? Does the house of the Lord capture your heart? Do you have a heart for God's house? Now, just for clarification, in, at the time of the Bible, right, God's house, I just said, was in the tabernacle, and then later on, Solomon built the temple, and God's presence was, was contained in the temple. The temple no longer exists. It was destroyed in 70 A.D., and we know from Acts chapter 2 that at that point, the whole, everything changed. God's presence was no longer contained in a building, but God's presence was now contained in a people. The Holy Spirit descended from heaven to indwell each of us as followers of Jesus Christ so that Paul would look at us and say, do you not know that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit came down not to make a place holy, but to make a people holy. And when the people of God, which the Bible refers to as the ecclesia, the called out ones, and when the people of God gather together, Paul calls them the household of faith. We are the household of faith because we each have the presence of God living in us. And when we come together as the body of Jesus Christ, we make up, the people make up the house of God. The house of, as Paul says, the living God. And so we get invited week after week to come and gather with the household of faith and when you receive that invitation, when you start turning your attention towards that fact that you have the great opportunity through Jesus Christ and what he has done so that we can gather together as a household of faith before the throne of our God who has done everything for us by grace through his love, and we get to gather in his presence with the curtain has been torn in two, and so we can meet with our God are you rejoicing? Does your heart begin to beat from your toes all the way through your eyes and just go, yes, I get to go to the house of the Lord? Because that's what David has going on here. He rejoices. And what I see in this psalm are really five aspects of what it was to be in the house of the Lord that brought this joy to David. And I want to touch on them just briefly. And my hope is that as, as we look at those, that you may then look at those, those experiences that David had and say, you know what, I, I think I want to focus on that so I can increase my joy. 
because we are to have joy in the house of the Lord. And so let's look at those experiences that David had. The first one is this. David writes, Jerusalem, in verse 3, is built like a city that is closely compacted together. Now, the primary reference to this is probably the compact shape of the city. You can see this here. This is the city of David at the time. And it is closely compacted together. God's people were right on top of one another. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're making a, a reference to this physical fact, but it also is that here in Jerusalem, here as we gather as God's house, we're close together. We're, we're living here in unity. We're living here as one family here in the city of David. We are one people. And this thought is further expounded on the fact that David says, this is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Remember, there were 12 tribes of Israel, tribes from different regions, from different areas, with different preferences, with different ways. And all these tribes come from all of Israel together as one, as God's people, to come and worship him. And David, I believe that's what brings him the first element of joy is that he comes in community. We don't come to worship God alone. Our faith that we live out before God is not a solo faith. There's always people who tell me, well, I don't need the church. Wrong! You do need the church. You do need the church. It's not biblical to say, well, I can be just alone as a Christian and worship God alone. That would be false. We do church together as a body and in community with one another. And Wendy already alluded to this this morning, that one of the best features we have is that when we come here, we come together as a family. We are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And what gets my joy pumping is that I get to, I get to be with those who support me, who encourage me, who pray over me, who counsel me, who even sometimes rebuke me and discipline me, but they are concerned for my spirit, they're concerned for my life, and they lead me in the ways and the paths of the Lord. And we celebrate this God together in community. And we get to do life together in community. And I will tell you, those who have some of the most joy around this place are the ones who are living in community. They're in small groups. They're connected. They're serving in ministry. Those who are, to be honest, have the least amount of joy are those who like to sneak in, sit alone, and sneak back out. Well, you're missing out on the joy of the Lord because the joy is found as we live together in one body. One body. And that's what brought David joy. He's like, I know I get to go and meet with my family before the face of God. And so if you want to have joy, when you come to the house of the Lord, get connected. Get connected. Get to know people. Put your walls down. Let people support you. Let people pray for you. Let people encourage you. Come to a Bible study and learn together and laugh together and celebrate together. Build those relationships. Invite somebody over to your house and eat together. Share fellowship together with one another because that's the call of the New Testament all the time. Jesus said, this is how you are to live one another and so get connected and I just want to give you an opportunity this summer we're putting together some dinners for eight 
where we're just simply going to put our names in a pot and we're going to gather eight of us around a table to eat dinner together just to get to know each other. I know the deadline was last Sunday, but as the lead pastor here, I can break that deadline, which I just did right now, and you may sign up today for the dinners for eight. I know I just created some chaos, but that's okay. So if you want to be part of that dinner for eight, just sign your name on the connection card and write dinner for eight with an exclamation point and put it in the boxes at the back of the door. And we'll make sure you get connected with some new people in your church family because everyone here is lovely. Everyone here is beautiful. Everyone here has a story that we each need to hear because as I hear your story, you hear my story, we are encouraged on how great our God is and it brings joy into our life. Moving on, the second experience that I see that David has is he says these tribes come together for a reason, and it is to praise the name of the Lord according to the statute given to Israel. What do the tribes do? They come to praise the name of the Lord. That is their focus. God is built into their rhythm of life. As I said, these are the festivals. God is expecting, he said, I want you to drop your work I want you to drop uh, all your stress and strain. I want you to drop everything that you're doing in your daily life, and this is going to be set aside. He built it in according to his statues that your hearts would stop worrying about your toil, worrying about what you're going to wear, worrying about where you're going to get your money from, worrying about where you're going to get your food from, and on this day, you're going to come, and you're going to give me thanks, and you're going to give me praise and realize that all that you have comes from my hands, that I'm the one who provides for you and that your trust needs to be found in me and on this day instead of your heart being consumed with what you what you need to take in you're going to open up your hearts with thanksgiving you're going to have a grateful heart and it is a grateful heart that brings joy it is a grateful heart that brings joy i've never seen a miser i mean isn't that the whole story about scrooge in a christmas carol he doesn't have joy until he lets go of all his greed and all he's taking until he starts giving and celebrating. And that's the same for us. We get to come and we get to give praise to our God. And the word here for praise, most of us know that Hebrew, well, I don't know why I would say most of us know. Probably very few of us know this. There's probably only a small minority in this church family that know this. There are eight words for praise in Hebrew. Um, no, seven words for praise in Hebrew. I don't even know it. So the number is even smaller. But one of the, one of the words for Hebrew is yada. And that's the word that is used here. Yada. So you go, well, what kind of praise is that? The root for the word yada comes from the word throw or cast. Think of a fishing net in the Bible times where I'm just going to cast the net out or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw a rock. I'm just, I'm just throwing. And in this case, the yada is focused on Jehovah, all right? And this is the kind of praise where I am just going to throw my praise on God. I'm just going to throw it out to him. And as a result of me throwing out to him, I just lift my hands, right? I'm just throwing it out there. God, you are great. Yes, that's what it is. When your football team scores the last-minute touchdown, yes. When your kid finally graduates from high school and you never thought they were going to make it across that line, yes. 
any of those moments, we all know what they are because you see our hands often reflect what's going on inside of us. Our inner disposition reflects what goes on out here. Because if I'm angry inside, boom, you're getting the fist, right? <laughs> so our inner disposition reflects that. And when we have the gratitude and thanks and we're consumed with that, we cannot sit on our hands. We have to bring that praise and we bring that to our God and say, yes, God, thank you for all that you have done. And that's what God's people are doing here. And, and we have to recognize that if you want joy, it starts with this kind of gratitude with this kind of gratitude. And it doesn't begin the moment that you come in here. When it begins is during your week. It's gonna to start tomorrow. You start building towards Yadah tomorrow. Because God says in Psalm 100, he says, enter his courts with thanksgiving. It doesn't say, come in and sit down, sigh, let every, think about everything that you did this week, listen just there to the first song and mumble along and then finally stand up on the second song and maybe sing along and then on the third song oh maybe i'll clap a little bit it doesn't say that it says enter his courts with thanksgiving you are to prime the pump before you even get here and it starts on monday because my eyes are not focused on what i don't have my eyes are focused on what god has given to me and so on Monday, I turned my heart towards God, and I realized all his provision in my life. On Tuesday and Wednesday, I think what Jesus Christ has done for me, oh my goodness, he has set me free. He has released me from sin. He has broken the chains that have held me down. He's ushered me into an eternity with God. I set my heart and my mind on that. And when we start thinking about all of those things, it begins welling up in us, doesn't it? It wells up in us. What God has done for us, what, and I think about it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, so by the time I get here in the household of faith, I'm bursting through those doors with thanksgiving. It's like, yeah, God! Yeah, God! And that's the joy that we need to bring into the house of the Lord. And that's the joy that David brought into the house of the Lord. And he couldn't look forward to it enough because I just got to say thank you. I mean, imagine just, I mean, every time I get a big, you know, you get a big gift from somebody's like, oh man, I got to see them. I got to say thank you to them. I can't believe that they just gave me a million dollars. I got to go to them right now and call them up and say thank you. And you're going to be... It's the same thing here. We, got, we come in here and we're just like, thank you, God, for what you have done. Yada. We praise God. The third experience that David had was this. He says, there stand, in verse 5, the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. We know that Jerusalem was the religious, it was the political center, and there was the king's throne, and from the king's throne came rulings, came judgments to be made. Wisdom would be dispensed on how to live rightly. And here we had a king who was a man after God's own heart, and he would give the wisdom of God. And so one of the things that David found as he came into the house of the Lord, he was most excited about is that we can hear from God. We get to hear from God. God Almighty, God the creator of the world, 
God who holds all things in his hands, God who is transcendent, this God speaks to us. Think about it. He speaks to us, and he wants to speak to us. And he's given us his Holy Spirit to be our counselor, his Holy Spirit to give us wisdom, his word to reveal his ways to us. And in so many ways, when we gather together, our God, the God, is speaking to us. What else out there is worth listening to? What your buddies are going to say on the golf course? What the latest blogger is going to say? What Fox News is going to put on the channels? What else are we going to listen to that would be worth listening to because it is only what our God says to us that brings to us life. And that's exactly what Peter said when he was talking with Jesus. He said, where else shall we go, Lord? What else shall we do? What else shall we listen to? There's nowhere else we can go because it is your words that lead to life. And that is such good news because we sometimes struggle here in this world. We struggle and it's a strain. And there are so many messages telling us to go this way and that way. We hear between 4,000 and 10,000 advertisements every day telling us this is where life is found. Well, you know what? That's all a bunch of malarkey because where life is found comes from the very breath of God. And when we come together through our songs, through our conversations with brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, through our liturgy, through reading of the word, through the messages it's expounded, we get to hear from God. And these words do not put us on the path and on the road that leads to death, but they put us on the path to life. And so when I get up and I get to go to the house of the Lord, I get to hear words that are going to bring life into my spirit. Oh my goodness, what could compare to that? What could you possibly do in this world that would compare to that? And I would argue nothing. And David is so excited because he gets to hear the very words of God. The next thing that David focuses on is that we come and we receive rest and peace. Rest in peace. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem in verse 6. May those who love you be secure. May there peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be within you. There is joy found in the house of the Lord because this is a place of peace. Jesus declared, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. And that is who we are. We are people of peace. Jesus died on the cross so that the very walls of hostility, it says, the dividing walls of hostility are broken down between us, and we together are one body. One body. That is a beautiful thing, because it's not that way in the world. The world is 
divided. The world is at conflict. The world is at animosity with one another. And it gets tiring. It wears me out. But you know what happens when we come in here? Peace. The biblical word for peace is shalom. That's the very very name of Jerusalem, the city of peace. We are a people of peace. That is who we are as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. We are at peace with one another, and I love that. And that's something that we hold up and that we value, and so we have very little room for tolerating gossip and backbiting and dissension here in this church family because we are to live at peace with one another and you can experience that here not only peace in this church family because where else do you get that but we also have peace with ourselves so many people are anxious so many people are worried so many people are stressed and there is a lot of things in this world to do that to us But we come together as a household of faith before the very throne of God and we remember God is all-powerful, God is omnipotent, God holds everything into his hands. And as the scriptures tell us, I can take anything that is causing me anxiety, that is causing me worry, and I can throw it to God. He says, cast all your cares on me. Just do it. Let me take that yoke upon, your yoke, let me take it upon me. I'll, I'll carry it. And God says, what's ever troubling you, I'll carry it. And all those things that are broken, that are sinful, that are hurtful, that are painful, that just attack our spirits, what did Jesus Christ do to those things? He won victory over all of them. So we can trust our God when he says, come into my household of faith and deliver these things. And we don't get up in the morning and, and, and again, we, we don't turn to the latest news feed to see how to deal with these problems. We don't turn to more medication we don't turn towards numbing ourselves through alcohol and other substances we turn and we find peace by bringing it to god and we can have peace with ourselves and we can have peace with god peace with god which is incredible because we have a god who stands over all and rules over all and a god who hates sin Well, good news, God took care of the sin problem. It was called Jesus Christ. And when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, God looks at us as if we are now wearing the holiness of Jesus Christ. God made Jesus to be sin so that we who were with sin can now be the righteousness. And we can stand before our God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us from all our sins. Isn't that a beautiful thing that we can come and we can stand before the face of God with no worries? No worries. Because I hold on to Jesus Christ. This is a place of peace. And I don't know about you, but I love that. I love that it's a place of peace. For me, it it, it reminds me of, because I'm a terrible, awful swimmer. I am not built to swim. I am built to sink. That's just the way God designed me. And so we'll go to a place like Cranhill Ranch where they have the raft out in the distance and be like, well, swim out to the raft, it'll be fun. I'm like, no, it won't, because I'm going to sink. I'm going to drown, I'm going to die. And so I go out there, 
and, and I'm just, you know, I'm like a dog just swimming, trying in the water. And there's nothing better when I finally get out there and I get to the raft and I just go, and hold on. I think the household of faith is that for me. Because this world is such a struggle and such a strain. And I'm fighting and battling against it in all ways. Maybe myself, maybe against the world, maybe, but I can come in here. I got it. I'm good. It's a place of peace. I look forward to that peace. And the last thing that David looked at was this. He says this in verse 9. He says, for the sake of the house of the Lord, I will seek your prosperity. There's something that David now does. He says, because I've been experiencing the house of God, this goodness of God, this richness of God, all this blessing of God, because I know that this is the place that leads to life, and there is no other, there's one thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to seek your prosperity. Only other people and the kingdom. I'm going to go at work. Seek is a, an active word. It's not a word that, that means I'm, that we're just sitting there. Seek is something I'm doing, I'm pursuing, I'm going after, I'm grabbing a hold of. I'm trying to find it. And so what am I seeking? The goodness of the kingdom. The, I know how good this is. And so now I'm going to do everything in my power to work and to build and to help this thing to grow. I think right here, this gives us purpose. And there are so many in this world who are looking for purpose. And when we go after the things of the world, whether we're trying to, to build our, our job resume or we're trying to get that, that beautiful home or we're trying to have the great weekends of partying like no other uh, or we're trying to get our physical health, no matter if we're working at any of those things, they all are, as Solomon says, they're like trying to catch the wind because they just pass away. Like that, they all can be gone. They can be lost in turn. Think about trying to catch the wind. Pretty ridiculous, isn't it? <clears throat> right? How many of us are doing that in our days, though? We're out there doing that. Because all of those things will not last. But this kingdom of God thing, this household of faith thing, this lasts for eternity. And you are invited to seek the prosperity of this kingdom of God, not only for God's purposes, but also for those who are outside of the kingdom of God, to be able to introduce them to the richness and the goodness of the kingdom of God. He says, I will seek the prosperity. And so I know this is so good that I'm going out into the world as an ambassador and saying, here's where life is found. Here's where goodness is found. This is what we need. And we go to work for that. And again, those who have the most joy around here are those who are serving. Those who are dedicated to building the kingdom of God. Just hang out with some of our youth leaders for a moment. Go on a mission trip with those who are on the mission trip. Get engaged with those who are on our serve teams out here in the lobby, in the hospitality team. You are going to find a lot of joy because they're serving and they're knowing they're making a difference. You want to have joy in the house of the Lord? Then find your purpose in the house of the Lord. I know we went over these things quickly, but these are the elements that David discovered that brought him joy and, and, and brought him joy and caused him to rejoice in the house of the Lord. And so, people of God, you 
are invited to the house of the Lord. Oh my goodness. Okay. Starting over. My first point is this. David rejoiced. David had You are invited to the house of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That was not painful, was it? We actually feel kind of good right now, don't we? And that's what our God wants from us. That joy in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad I don't have to preach this over again. Joy in the house of the Lord. That's what our God wants from us. And I just want to encourage you to maybe focus on one of these elements and start focusing on them, maybe through this year, so that you can continue to increase your joy in the house of the Lord so that when it comes time for you to gather with your household of faith, you're like, yes, that's where I'm going to be. That's where I want to be because I want to stand before the face of my God and be with his people because there's no other place like it. And that is true. And friends, I am glad that you are here and that we together are this household of faith. I hope you find a great joy 